Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara and I'm here with my brother and co-host Devin. Hello. We are joined today by Adrian from Hickory Homestead Creations. Adrian, how's it going? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> All right, Devin, hit it. The hardest thing to do is work hard when no one is watching. Adrian, you, is... Adrian, you go first. Take it in. What do you feel? What is it? What is it? What does it do for you? Man, I don't know. I think like that just hits real home to like almost like that in like the, even like the imposter syndrome and stuff like that. Like people can sit there and be scrolling on your phone, but unless you're actually putting the work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, um, that's a little bit. It's a little bit like a a dig into not a little bit into like the social media presences, you know, because so, so much of what we do now is like filmed and shot. I mean, that's what we do. That's how, that's why we're doing this is because we're like have a YouTube channel where we show what we're working on, you know, and like, and then when I'm in the shop and I'm making something, I'm automatically thinking, let me show what I'm making and share that with the community. Mm -hmm. But like, Mm -hmm. does that mean that, you know, the work is what you're working on, like that, like that. You don't necessarily need other people to know you're working to know to do your working. I don't know. Right. Well, let me right. let me let me give some context. Now, looking through Adrian's Instagram, I saw her wearing a Steelers hoodie. Oh, uh, no. She's a <laughs> Pennsylvania gal, and we're Maryland folk, so we're Ravens fans. So that quote was yeah. from Ray Lewis. So I thought that'd be fun to bring a little Ray into the conversation. Um, But so in his perspective, right, it's a it's constantly working at your game. It's a sports thing. You got it off season, all that stuff. Right. Ray Mm -hmm. Lewis was known. He was he would go in always the first guy in last guy out watching tape constantly teaching the young guys how to do it. So that was the perspective in the sports dimension. But that works for everything and kind of for the social media thing. Like we're all trying to get it done, but like behind the scenes, you want to keep working hard, even though sometimes you're like, I got to show it because this is, this is the gold. Right. And I also think like that so much of what we all do as makers and as part of, well, it's, it's the, the community, right? It's, it's that like, we want to be part of a community and we also want to, like 
put something out into that community that we can like add into what other people are also doing, you know? So we want to be part of this thing and everyone kind of is like showing what they're doing and you're, you get these little glimpses into people's lives and what's happening on their day to day basis, which is why I love Instagram for that because it's that like Mm. informal version of what we do for YouTube, which is the formal stuff, you know? So to me, that was always like Instagram was cool because I was able to just show like what's happening behind the scenes and day to day and in the shop and then, you know, then we're building bigger projects and putting them on YouTube. Right. Yeah. But I just think, you know, that's one of those things that, uh, we're all working and, and Adrian, I know you, you put up a lot of stuff. I, I see all the, I mean, you post all the time, multiple times a day and they're also like really well done. You know, you're always like editing some fun things together or you're like responding to someone else, like definitely working to, keep the community alive I, I noticed that and you're always shouting people out and stuff it's like it's very welcoming your posts oh thank you very much yeah I uh, definitely put a lot of thought uh not so much time but definitely a lot of thought into what I post um I feel like if it is not something that I would enjoy reading scrolling through my feed and if it's not something that I probably wouldn't like then I'm not going to post it there are a couple times where like I'll do up a post and then I'm like that sounds terrible and I'll just delete it and get rid of it because it's probably not the right time to say what I wanted to say (laughs) oh man if more people felt that way or had that type of forethought in this world (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe I shouldn't post this right now (laughs) right it's like literally taking that you know thought of think before you speak and yeah. just applying it to think before you type things out on a keyboard. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> That's great. Um, so well, I'll introduce our, our guest today. This is uh, Adrian Vita, right? That's how you pronounce your last name. Vita. Adrian, you still there? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was okay. terrible timing to cut out. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just making sure I was pronouncing your name correctly. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's why I, thought, I thought you offended her heritage. For She's like, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> it's it's Vita. You should know. <laughs> so um, we we met you at Maker Camp this year, which is awesome. It was you were. I think you're probably the second people person that we met while we were there because <laughs> you were setting up your tent right next to where we were setting up our tent in our little like awesome tent community right next yep. to the property <laughs> there which anyone who listens to the podcast has talked to us or has listened to us like talk about how much fun that was and how like what a perfect little spot that was to be right mm-hmm. there next to the action um but yeah you um you are a maker um and you have been making for a bunch of years and have traveled all over the country. You're also a, a Navy mm-hmm. veteran and yep. um, we'll have to talk to you more about this, but traveled around, worked uh, at an awesome, apparently awesome antique farm museum and just yep. love making. And so you make signs and furniture and all sorts of different stuff, um, work as a farm manager and, um, and have a son and, just uh, are an awesome part of this community. So welcome to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast, and we're super excited to have you here today. Thank you. I am super excited about being here. Uh, <laughs> things you guys asked me, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was, uh, that was funny because I was doing a, like a, a real quick live stream of opening up the Duresta Ice pick that I got, and you popped in, and, and Devin had just talked to me like 
two days before that and was like, hey, we should reach out to some of the people that we met at Maker Camp, like Hickory Homestead Creation. And he like laid off a few more. So then when you popped into the live stream, I was like, oh, perfect timing. So I just like shot <laughs> you a quick question right then. I was like, hey, we want to have you on the podcast. So hey, put the pressure out. on in public. <laughs> Say yes or yeah. no now in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, tell us a little bit more about like, your i guess your maker story like where where do you feel like it starts where did you become in your mind like someone who makes stuff is this like something you've always done or or was it later in life like, tell yeah us no i've um i've kind of always been hands-on um i've always i used to work on cars with my dad i used to do body work on his old vehicles cool. and then um whenever i got into high school I was in stage crew, so I was building set designs and, oh, and right stuff like that. So that's where I got the introduction into building, and I really liked that kind of stuff. But then, you know, I went to college, thought I wanted to be a teacher, and so I went a long time without making anything. Um, and then whenever I was in the Navy, that's when I was an electrician, and you use your mind in a different kind of way to problem solve, and I really liked that I just didn't like the environment so I you know then I traveled around the world and uh (laughs) and um, again that's where I got to refine my tinkering skills you know we got to pull out an old model t out of the garage and I got to drive a steam engine and we refurbished old hit and miss engines and Mm. I would have never had that experience anywhere else. Right. And, um, and so then whenever I, my mom and stepdad bought this farm, uh, I was a single parent. I uh, didn't have any, didn't have a job, you know, and I was raising his toddler and I don't, his dad is nowhere in the picture. Mm-hmm. And so I had to figure out, what I was going to do for income. Um, and luckily I had a miter saw and a table saw. And I said, well, I have two fantastic tools that are great for building things. You know, I, I can build so much because there's a lot of woodworkers out there that don't even have table saws. Mm-hmm. And so I already had kind of a leg up by having those two instruments already at hand. And then um, my mother, she also had bought me a cricket. And that, yeah, I know, right? And that, yeah. that is really where I started my business was I wanted to make birthday, like if you've ever seen uh, one-year-old's birthdays, they have like smash cake banners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. so that's how, I got, that's how I got started off was making smash cake banners but I didn't sell a single one because <laughs> as soon as I launched my business, I launched it January of 2020. COVID hit February. <laughs> First days were a thing of the past. <laughs> Just like that. So, yeah. So then I had to figure out what I was going to do. And at the same time, my son had a lot of toys. And I was like, well, I needed a toy bin, and I was trying to find one. Couldn't find anything I really liked online. So I was like, well, you know, thinking back to that miter saw and table saw, 
I'll build one. How mm -hmm. hard can it possibly be to build a box? You know, <laughs> I watched a YouTube video that she built it in 15 minutes. I said, easy breezy, right? <laughs> Four misdrilled holes and three bent hinges later. And I finally had a hope chest. Nice. Um, I do not still have that hope chest because that is the very first piece that I sold. Nice. <laughs> and, and what I end in my introduction into being a maker. What nice. what's a what's a hope chest? It's just like a big fancy box. Ah, I mean, it, that's okay. it was called a hope chest, but it really is just a big wooden box. <laughs> There's no like depth or dimensions to it. It's just yeah. a box. Was that think... meant? Was that meant to be your son's toy box? Did you sell your son's toy box away? I did. I, that's why it's like one of the best introduction to maker stories because I did. You're I, like, now, Mama needs some cash. Yeah, I have plastic tubs for his toys, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, somebody was like, "I'll give you like two hundred and fifty bucks or something for that chest." I was like, "Done." Yeah. <laughs> you looked. You looked at your son. You got two fifty because it's gonna go. Right. That's your offer. You like pried his name off. Like doink, doink, doink. <laughs> I'll buy you a new one. That's I mean, funny. I'll make you a new one. Yeah. That, and it's so funny because that's what I said. And here we are, like every year later, and I still haven't made him a new toy chest yet. <laughs> uh, the bin works just fine. They throw everything out anyway. So yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> the funny thing is. That's the video we just got done shooting was mm -hmm. um, I needed a toy box for my daughter. She's 16 months now, and uh, we just need something because we just have a cardboard box in the living room. So I was <laughs> like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll make one. And I was in bringing the idea to Dustin. I was like, we should make it, make it like a quote-unquote magic toy box. So, like, mm -hmm. you push a hidden button, and it pops open, and there's, like, a, a false cool. bottom with a little – a little drawer on the bottom that you could open up and like put flat things in. Um, so we got that done, but like you said, how, how, how easy can it be or how, how hard can it be? And yeah, it was like, I don't know, six shooting days later where it still wasn't done. And we're like, ah, oh, this toy box, like we got to get it done. And eventually we, we had to abandon the, like the secret latch and stuff. I mean, it still kind of opens and, I mean, it's yeah. a nice, it's a great toy box with a seat on top, and I just got done painting it, and that'll be our next video, but um, it took it took a while. <laughs> yeah, and it was, uh, we, you know, we had, like, I had this idea for a latch, like, I had to come up with, like, a latch that I'd have to fabricate so you could push the button, and it would release the latch from the inside, and it would open automatically on its own, and it, like... We, we got these like spring hinges and they weren't strong enough. So then I got gas struts and put those on and they do a really good job of lifting it. But they like they lift. You have to like assist it in the beginning. So you have to right. lift up mm -hmm. three or four inches first before it takes over. And then actually like lifts really nicely and smooth and it actually closes really smooth. So it's a really like smooth opening and closing box, but it doesn't have that spring at the beginning. So it was like we, we had actually started this before Maker Camp and oh well yeah exactly so we like we started it then and then we had what was the other video we did we did some oh we had the um the projector box video because that was a, mm. like a sponsored video so we kind of have a deadline on that so i was like well here let's yeah. well, let's work on this we'll get that finished and then we'll go back to the toy box and then we did maker camp we put the maker camp video out and then i don't know it was just i mean it's just been busy like with holidays and you know 
Devin having a toddler and both of us working full time. So it, like yeah. we just were able to kind of come back to it. So once we put that extra time into it and we got like it to open well, but not like this, the pop that we wanted, Devin was like, well, it's now been like six months or whatever since we started this. <laughs> like we still need the toy box for Maeve. So <laughs> we're, like, yeah, we're like, we're like, that's good enough. You know, like it, it looks, it works really well. It, it's not going to fall and smash on our fingers and stuff. You know, that was the goal and it does have the nice. false bottom and stuff. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be coming out soon. So that's funny that you talk about that. It's perfect timing. <laughs> I know. So, so going from the box, what did you start to, you did a lot of signage stuff. You started going that way. Um, yeah, because I had a, um, because I had the cricket and so I could just cut my own, mm -hmm. um, blanks and then paint them and use whatever stencils I wanted because at the time I didn't think I had any kind of artistic ability. Um, <laughs> and now as you can see, I've kind of come a little bit and oh, yeah. being able to shade and do depth and paint butterflies I mean. yeah. <laughs> which is awesome by the way thank <laughs> you very so much nice. yeah we constantly talk about that for some reason well we're, we're always doing we're talking about art half the time and all this stuff seems insurmountable until you figure out the tricks and you're like oh there's a trick to that there's a step that i had no idea and once you learn the step Mm -hmm. it's it's manageable so we're all missing yeah. the tricks we're, that's that's the thing uh, that's youtube right you're trying to find the tricks like what does this person have can they give me something i'm missing and they're like of course just swing this this way and it'll do this and you're like ah and it just oh, the, the light bulb goes oh you have it's a trick you got a trick and i didn't know the trick yeah that's one of the like awesome things i find about like instagram and social media is like for instance, whenever I got into doing the flowers on signs, I reached out mm -hmm. to Leslie from Oak and Feather because she's like the number one floral scroll saw artist that I knew. Mm -hmm. And she immediately guided me and told me, you know, how to do it. And then she also kindly said, and watch my YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like anyone on a podcast when they just sneak in like i'm going to talk about this but it's also all in my book so go ahead mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> nice um so so then you're doing signs and stuff and then so when was that when was that time that you started um your kind of your business so i'm actually my first my god let's see my first official sale was like at the end of 2000 and oh 2020 so i only have one full year under my belt oh nice that's cool mm -hmm. but yep. and when did you start when did you start your instagram for that specifically was that right around um, or was that early on when you started like you said right around the beginning of 2020 you were going to start the the sign yeah company. so yeah, so if you actually go, like, all the way back to, like, my first post on the Hickory Homestead Creations page, I think it's actually me launching my Etsy store for cool. birthday banners. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Funny. And there wasn't another mm -hmm. post for six months. <laughs> um, yeah, no, right? So, you did so many cool things before, like, Instagram world. If you had, like, the choice, I mean, maybe you had another Instagram, but would you wish you could go back and capture all that stuff or are you happier that you just kind of took it in, you know, on, on your own, unless you had another like YouTube channel, I don't know, but I feel like that's I always, 
that's always the debate. Do you just want to kind of take it in or, or should you share it? Yeah. So whenever I was traveling around and stuff like that, I did used to have a, um, not an Instagram account because I never really had gotten into it. Um, but I did have a Facebook, like a personal Facebook, the one that I had since like high school and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, when I went through uh, my past relationship um, with Grayson's dad, I completely went off the radar. I deleted all of my accounts and mm-hmm. just tried to hide. Um, and it took a lot to come back out of the hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really the pursuit of this business and being able to give something to my son later on because I was so terrified of his dad finding me and where I lived and everything mm-hmm. else like that that I didn't want anybody to know anything about me. Um, right. And so it's it's been a long time coming uh, just in this and it's kind of crazy that it really has just been a little bit over a year because I feel like it's been so much more time. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's one of those – I mean, there's – it's hard to um, explain to someone who hasn't had kind of a, a, a swift rise because our channel, when we started in 2017 it, on YouTube – it actually took off pretty quickly. Like, I feel like it, it seemed like kind of normal, you know, growth at the time. But then with my experience now from the last five years and other people who have had, like have seen less growth, you kind of see that growth and you see, um, there's, there's some like, uh, maybe like a responsibility, like as all of a sudden there are like people reaching out to you and they want to like, know how to do things and they're like looking to you for inspiration and there's like all this like kind of sudden responsibility to be you know a steward of what you're doing and kind of sharing that with the world which is the is, is a really fun part but it's kind of mm-hmm. it's an interesting um thing to happen out of nowhere you know because people in general especially you know you have your life and it's just the people around you your immediate you know vicinity and facebook you know that's just the, the friends and stuff and then all of a sudden you have you know, thousands of people who are watching you do stuff and like responding to it and being inspired by it. It's a really interesting and cool experience. You had that, like that experience. Cause I feel like your channels or your like Instagram page has grown pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I would have to say that being on Instagram and having this social interaction with people has definitely helped a lot through not only getting through the pandemic, but also living on a farm. Um, I don't drive, so I don't go anywhere. I literally just leave my house to go grocery shopping or to go to the hardware store. Um, (laughs) And of course, I take my son to school twice a week, but those are usually when I go to the grocery store also. (laughs) Go to the hardware store. Um, So being able to have this point of connection um, because I do have, I do battle with depression and anxiety and a bunch of mental issues, but luckily I know what triggers that kind of stuff and I know yeah. how to try to uh, take care of myself the best that I can because, again, it, it's only me. So I can't be yeah. down in the dumps and be depressed. Um, I have to kind of pull myself up by my bootstraps, you know, and keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you're the way you do such a good job with Instagram, like 
when I scroll through Instagram, you like you are solid with everything. Like you do a lot of the Instagram stuff, but you always make it interesting. And I guess I don't know. There's a uh, a satisfaction and like a strength you must get. It, you're you're doing it well. And then I'm sure a lot of people reach out to you. And if a lot of the times that's another battle. It's like how open, how much of yourself do you show? But then a mm-hmm. lot of times I think sometimes you open up and then you probably get so much you get a you get a bunch back. You get a lot of love back. People going through the same stuff. I'm glad you shared it. You know, most of the time I think people are glad you shared a piece of yourself. I mean, you don't have to some people call it overshare or whatever, but I think you probably get a lot of love back from it. Yeah, and I do. Um, I haven't actually, because um, I know the I just did the write-up for And They Make, and they did that post for me, and mm. I talked about my struggles with addiction and my abusive relationship that I was in. Um, mm. And it was just a brief, like, mention, but it was that kind of mention that I wanted in there so that anybody out there that is going through anything um you know there's always somebody else out there that might have been through that as well and so I definitely wanted to put myself on that level that if anybody needed to talk to you know somebody whether that be me or anybody else about addiction about abuse um you know I'm I'm here and available uh, because I know what it's like to constantly be in recovery and to be fighting your inner demons um, and to also be constantly looking over your shoulder to make sure that somebody isn't coming after you. <laughs> so um, it's, it's a lot to deal with, but you know, it's uh, definitely made me who I am and the strong person that I am. Um, and I think it's brought more to my genuine, you know, genuine personality as well. Yeah. Yeah, I um so I I'm a high school teacher and I work in Baltimore City Schools, so I I um experience a lot of different trauma from different angles for, with my students. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I always tell them is like if they come in and I can tell like something's affecting, but it doesn't matter what it was, maybe they didn't get enough sleep or maybe like who knows, any any number of extremity, you know, extreme situations that they come from, and often I'm telling them like what I can give to them is the creativity, right? Like let's, let's take what's happening in your mind and let's shut it off for a little bit. Right. And just like work on this thing creatively because Mm -hmm. when you, when you switch into that creative mode, you have to like, you have to put your brain into it because it has to work in a different way to solve problems. So it, Mm -hmm. it helps to like be able to kind of shut off some of that stuff. Now I'm not telling them to shut it off completely. You know, they have to be able to find ways to deal with it, but it does. I try to like encourage them to let it be a relief. You know, that's what art has always been to a lot of people throughout history is that type of way to deal with things that are happening in your life. Whether mm-hmm. you're like taking them and you're putting them into something that is then going to go out in the world and you're like releasing it, or you're just using your creativity as a release or a way to get mm-hmm. away from what's happening around you and just kind of take a break and be in your mind and be creative in that moment. Um, so I try to tell them that. And I also have heard a few different people. It's funny, this kind of this whole situation and has come up often in the last, um, I would say, two or three weeks in different podcasts and things. And people are talking about how to get through different times like that, using creativity and using social media and using these avenues that we have now, especially with social media, where you can kind of be part of this bigger community, even though all of us as creatives are working 
very much independently in our own shops. Mm-hmm. You know, and so with, without that community, without social media, it would just be you in your own mind working. And then, you know, now we have this way to communicate with all these other people and show people what we're doing and give them a little bit of like behind the scenes or like a little bit of that process that we're doing and help some people learn some things and then get tons of inspiration from other people. And it's just, that's one of those super benefits of technology and social media that you know there's all sorts of negatives but there's also a ton of benefits and i think that's definitely one of them is that we can all be this part of this community without having to uh you know all of us kind of introverted people who love to create things in our little shops can also be a little bit extroverted in that community (laughs) yeah so i want to i want to step back a little bit and the um can you talk more about this antique farm museum? Like, how'd you get there? Like, what were you doing? <laughs> you like briefly went through it, but it sounds freaking awesome. I want to, I want to know more about this. So, um, there's actually a really cool website out there called workamper.com. Uh, and that's like W O R K H. Yeah, I can't remember how it's spelled anymore. But anyway, <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. Um, <laughs> it's, um, what it is, it's a, it's a website where people who live in RVs and travel can look up jobs that hire people who live, uh, li- transients, hire transients. Right. And um, so I, I was with my girlfriend at the time and her kids, and we were living um, in an RV, and we were down in Texas, and we were trying to find really our first official job on the road and so I was just going through all these different jobs and came across this uh, website and there was this job for working in North Dakota at the Dale and Martha Hawk Museum and so I got on Facebook and I looked this thing up and I was like this is so cool i was like i wonder if we could really land this job you know so i applied for it and we did so we were campground managers Mm, for this uh museum and they needed us there in time for their farm show they had an annual farm show that they hold every year and that was so much fun that was my first farm show that i was ever to um and that's kind of where I fell in love with like the agricultural aspect mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that's, yeah. So it was just off of a whim on this crazy website <laughs> that's so awesome. that I actually, yeah, that I actually just got an email from them for a sugar beet harvest in nice. out West right now. <laughs> You're like, I'll be there in seven days. <laughs> oh, trust so, me if i didn't have a kid i probably would still be traveling yeah, mm. yeah i hear you um so <laughs> this uh you're traveling around and i'm assuming the uh the flaming unicorn exactly oh how did you know that <laughs> where is it, it? He, okay he did his research <laughs> that so, is so funny that comes from your um your your little bio you did after maker camp where you like reintroduce yourself it was in that. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, you're that's like, right. It, and now I real, do. Now quick, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Because yeah, was I was like, like that's such yeah. a random thing. How did he know that? <laughs> <laughs> he knows too much. Cut it off. Just, End it. Just, yeah, just as I was saying, I put a lot of thought into my books. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> 
like the for I would I'll say actually like for obviously the last couple of days since we've talked about having you on, I've like gone back and looked at some of your posts and stuff and just try to, you know, get little bits and pieces here and things that I think that are interesting about like the stuff you're talking about. But um the last like maybe twenty minutes or half an hour before um we we started this i was like just kind of scrolling through your instagram like further back and you have a lot of music on so i was just scrolling and my wife was sitting in the living room and she's like she was my my daughter got these like really intense coloring books for um for christmas and so she got some really nice marker sets and my wife was there like doing some coloring on this butterfly and she was like it's a really weird experience sitting over here while you're just scrolling through reels and all the music keeps playing over and over like all these different songs and i was like well i'm actually just looking through one person's posts and i was telling her about it but she was like but just kind of going through so yeah just doing that uh doing that little research back on you before we started but it was like really interesting it's like all this like fun music and stuff i was like oh this is great <laughs> oh yeah i love music <laughs> that's a, a um yeah, I mean, a lot of your stuff is funny and just a good time, and that's just, yeah, putting that stuff out there is, is it's it's great. It's just that thing of, you know, you read those books. It's like you just have to do those things, and then your body will, will react, and not, not to mention you're spreading it. I, I read once, I was going on a, um, I guess, a job interview, and it was like, what to do at a job interview? One of the tips was like your body posture, but they told that it, one of the tips was put your hands back behind your head, right? Like you're relaxing back on a hammock, but do that before you go into the interview. It's one of those, one of those body things where you're, you're opening yourself up, but you're also, you're also right. You're, you're letting people access yourself, but it's, it makes you feel a little bit like a boss. No pun intended. <laughs> right, so you feel strong. So when you walk in, and I actually, I felt silly because um, the person who let me in the door is sitting right there, like 10 feet away. But I like, I threw my arms back and I just sat there for like five minutes. I felt silly. But when I went into the interview, I felt, I felt really good. I don't know. It worked. <laughs> so just forcing yourself to like do good things or, or be funny or be goofy or dance. I, it's it's a great thing in your body. I feel like in your mind just follows along. Like okay, yeah, this is cool. I'm digging it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the awesome, the other awesome things I think, um, that's always it always impresses me when people are really confident with themselves, and you you have this confidence, and you you talk about loving the person you are, loving the body you're in, you know, and like showing that. Um, that's that's just really. It is a breath of fresh air in a community of, of a, a male dominated community where we don't have that that often. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, so when like men or women do it, it always like surprises me. And it's like, nice. Like, Oh, that's right. You know, like men don't do it that much because, you know, we we're more like internalized with our emotions and the way like we feel about ourselves, you know, and, and it's a different type of feeling too, obviously between men and women, but like, it's nice. And it's, I'm sure that it like makes a, you know, it's, it makes a big difference for those people who are feeling self-conscious about the, the way they look and the way they feel. And also like mental things and have someone talk about it, and open up about it and be like confident and feel good about it. It's a uh, very refreshing. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted, it, it was kind of funny because that stemmed all around. Um, we were 
discussing amongst like a couple of us makers that some pe some some people on Instagram will you know have a nice tool in their hand but also have a bunch of cleavage hanging over or right. you know uh some brands like from what I hear some brands will only talk to you if you're Instagram pretty and mm. I was hearing these things um and this was just whenever I was you know coming up in the maker world and I was like this isn't how it should be I was like mm. everybody it shouldn't be based because then I was also hearing that some people didn't want to be out in front of the camera with their work because right. they were afraid of, you know, how they looked. It's not that they were afraid, but, you know, they just didn't want, want that one person out there to be like, uh, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so I wanted to be that one that broke that stereotype, that broke that image. Like, you don't have to be Instagram pretty. You don't have to be a model. I mean, we're woodworkers. We're makers. Right. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. We're not, and you. I'm not hating on the ones that do look gorgeous, and you know that's if that's you, boo boo, do your thing. But <laughs> you know, I don't think that that's how the whole world should be perceived, and especially not in the maker world. You know, we're not walking down catwalks. You know, right. so I just, yeah, I I wanted to make a point with that post, and I definitely did. In kind of how you said about you know, putting myself out there like that, I did have a bunch of people reach out to me and, you know, say thank you for doing that. And, you know, sometimes it's not hard to put myself out there, but it's worth it whenever you get the positive feedback back um, saying things like, you know, thank you for showing your real side and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, putting, in general, we we thought, in, in the beginning of doing our channel, just we want to put out stuff that we like. So if you're if you're chasing some algorithm or, or something someone told you or you see that, yeah, a girl with like a low cut shirt, yet she gets like a million views on a, on a video or something that, that of her building something, that's fine. But if you chase that, that if, if that's not what you like, yeah, if that is what you like, if you're in a fashion and showing off and bikinis, that's fine. But just right. do what you like. And if your focus is on the work, focus on the work. Don't worry about it. And if you do that, then people won't have an opening to criticize you for not working hard or just using your boobs or whatever. You just go ahead with what you think is the best product and what it should be. And, and I think people like that authenticity. Right. And I think, too, like how you were saying about, like, all the views and stuff like that. And what people need to, because a lot of people lose sight of this. Um, I know I'm actually one of them. But sometimes I'll get caught up in the numbers of things. You know, you have something out there that doesn't get a whole lot of views and whatnot. And then you compare yourself to somebody that has over 10K and they have a ton of views. But how many likes do they have on it? How many comments do they have on it? How many shares do they have on it? Like that kind of stuff is more important than how many plays you get. Yeah. And cause that's really where you're making content. If you're making content for people to engage in and make them think, make them, you know, come up with a thought, then that's, that's the whole goal of it. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, to me, that's, that's the whole goal of it. 
Yeah, I agree. Because engagement is, I mean, if you can engage with a hundred people, like a real engagement and someone else is, you know, has 20,000 views, someone who, because people are just scrolling by and watching what they looked, you know, and it's just popping into the algorithm and their people are seeing it and they're watching for yeah. three seconds and they're moving on, you know, like right. that a hundred people engagement is way more effective and your that is spreading your like you know roots out into community that much more because those people mm -hmm. those like those 20,000 people no one's going to remember the name of the the video they looked at like when i'm scrolling through instagram stories or or reels or whatever like that you know i don't remember those people's names and most of them i don't follow but if I engage with someone, like, I'm going to remember that person and I'm going to want to, like, shout them out on the podcast or I'm going to, you know, tell my friends about them or, like, that's really going to push that, like, community and it's going to push your reach out much more with that engagement than it is with just the, the single views. Now, yeah, maybe that'll, like, you'll hit something once or twice and it'll go. But then once you have that engagement, then you see your numbers grow consistently because people are 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 pushing you forward, you know, not just the algorithm. It's the people. It's the community. Right. So. Or, or <laughs> when when you decide your numbers are too low and you do do the bikini like try on videos, yeah. I mean you, it's going to blow up and it's going to be crazy because <laughs> they're only used to overalls now. Yeah. I know. That's, <laughs> like, I mean, that's yeah. That's what our next video is going to be. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying on bikini. Dustin trying that's on it. stuff. No, no one wants to see that. That's, that's great. Beat is your next sponsor. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm getting like emails like from all these. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, one of the things I wanted uh, have have you talk about more is your farm that you're on. That sounds super cool. So you said your mom and your stepdad bought a farm, and they. So, are you like how? What's the how's what's the job situation? It says that you're kind of the farm manager. So, how's that working? So pretty much my mom, she's like the financier of the of the whole project. Um, but really she kinda bought the farm uh for me. She didn't really want to work the farm. Um, she kinda just wanted to be able to dabble whenever she wanted to, uh, play with whatever she wanted to, um, at her own free will, but she did not want any responsibility did not want to be tied down like when she wants to go on vacation she wants she wants to be able to go right. um and i you know understood all of that and took that responsibility on um and so we started off with um well so first off we have a 26 acre farm nice. um i would say i would say 20 of it is um pasture one acre is probably like where our barn and farmhouse is. And then another like four or five acres is wood, all hardwood forest. Um, mm. And so we started off, uh, we like to call it like grade school. So we started off in elementary school with chickens. And then, <laughs> and then we upgraded to meat chickens and turkeys last year. Uh, and now this year we are upgrading again to alpacas and well, alpacas, cattle, and bees. Ooh, wow, Jeez. that's a huge upgrade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. How do you? Um, how, sorry. How, how do you? How do you keep turkeys? You have to cage them up totally, right? Because they can. Um, 
I we do so we let them out uh, usually in the beginning. Um, we'll let them roam, but then once it gets to turkey season, we don't let them out because we do have tur- we do have hunters around our property that do hunt turkeys, mm. and if they're calling them, they'll call my toms right in. Right. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they can they can really move. Yeah, I love. Um, mm-hmm. We did the chicken thing when I met um, my girlfriend, that's now my wife. Her family had chickens, and I uh, I loved. It. I mean, we grew up on a farm, but. By then, we just had horses um, mm-hmm. that we we boarded. Um, so just any of that stuff. I loved it. And then the, the apartment we had, we had chickens, and now we're working on uh, getting a chicken coop because we just we bought a house. And, yeah, I, I love that starting thing. It's a, it's a great hands-on, hands-off thing. You can leave them. They can wander a little bit, but they usually come back. But then you get fresh eggs. Like, what's better than that? Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, we have uh... – <laughs> We have 24 laying chickens in one rooster. Wow. Whew. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, Jeez. Do you, do you give those away, or do you guys have, like, a little a stand or something? So I, um, we'll give them, we'll give the eggs away to, like, my grandmother um, mm. and my local neighbor uh, that lives on this lane with us. But um, other than that, I actually have one lady that comes and buys six to eight dozen from me at a time. So I pretty oh. much have one customer that just buys me out every time. And that that's perfect. That's great. Yeah, that's, that, yeah I couldn't ask for anything better. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Nice. So, so for like the turkeys and your chickens, are those all, for meat chickens, are those all going to market? Like how does that work? So my the lady that uh, buys the eggs off of me, I had mentioned that we were gonna try to raise meat chickens for ourselves because uh, we'd never, I've never raised meat chickens ever in my life, right. and so she was like, oh, well, can I pre-order thirty? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't not I, I don't know boundaries like there's i'm gonna if i say i'm gonna do i'm gonna put my mind to it and i'm gonna figure out how i'm gonna get it done right yeah, yeah. Um, and you know you keep ordering things and then she was like i'm gonna have a cookout fourth of july i need a bunch of burgers and you were like how many cows do you need well so what was really funny is we actually had a turkey we raised a turkey to give to my brother and his wife mm-hmm. and it ended up being a well we ended up having a 30 pound tom and two uh and each of the hens were 20 pounds Mm, (laughs) they were huge birds and so um and so it was too big it was going to be too big and they didn't want it so the lady that buys my eggs and chickens i was like hey i have this extra turkey if you want to buy it for thanksgiving and she bought it (laughs) (laughs) now you keep her secret don't don't release any more information (laughs) you just keep selling to her (laughs) i know (laughs) so you're you're getting cattle and um alpaca you said right this that's coming up like this spring yeah yeah i um we had to wait till we got the fence and gates put in so we just had all that put in over the winter and so now the alpacas they'll be here um actually in a few weeks and yeah and then i don't know when we're going to be getting the cattle but we're going to be getting uh oh i can't and gelt 
mm, I can't remember exactly their name, but we call them the Oreo cows. They're the ones uh, that are black on both ends and the got white the white middle. band. Yeah, the white band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. And um, and then I'm also going to get uh, Scottish Highland cattle, which those are the awesome. cows with the long hair. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, they're actually really great. Uh, they're really great meat that is low in cholesterol, and so oh, it's wow. really it's actually healthy for you. Yeah. That's so cool. And, and the alpacas for their for their coats. Yeah, um, I'll be raising them to shear them every year. We shear them once a year in May, and then I will also breed them and sell the babies. Oh, oh man. That's so cool. Now, I mean, you know, not knowing all your history, but what a great thing. You you did the traveling thing, but if you're going to settle down, you might as well settle down on an awesome farm with some family. What a cool, what a cool thing. Yeah. And, and your son is so lucky. Like we, uh, we have two other brothers and we were just so blessed to grow up on a farm, even though we, we just had horses and stuff, but we had the barns mm-hmm. and just the acreage, man, just to be able to go out and, and wander and have a good time. It's It's such a... Such a great thing to uh, pass on to your son. Yeah, I I definitely owe a lot of that to my mom because I've never I never grew up on a farm. I never knew anything about farming, and so I didn't know that there was this much joy in it. Like I never knew that there was 4-H or FSA or any of that. Um, so, but my mom, she did. She grew up on her grandparents' dairy farm, and because um, my family is actually raised Mennonite. And then, uh, so she knew that she, this is what she wanted to do, uh, whenever she retired, she wanted to come back up where her family all lived. Um, and that's how we ended up here. Yeah. I, there was a quote somewhere. It said, if you ever are losing, um, faith in the younger generation, go to a 4-H fair (laughs) (laughs) and you'll feel, and you'll feel much better about the kids coming up. That's awesome. Um, how mm-hmm. old's your son now? He is three and a half. Oh, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, he'll be yeah. at Maker Camp this year. Oh, really? Nice. Yep. That's yeah, he'll awesome. be coming. That's are you gonna, are you gonna are you gonna tent it with him? No, uh, we are going to bring up an RV with us this time. So oh, it's gonna be oh, me, okay. my mom. Fan- fancy, yeah. you're leaving us, leaving us tenters. Oh, just- it's so funny because I was just talking to my mom about this today because I was telling her about you guys. And I said, um, I said that after this year, once we take the RV up, I said, from that, from that point on, every time I go up, I'm tenting. I was like, because there really is nothing like experiencing maker camp in a tent. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, we, I, I was, I, and you know, who, who knows what I was talking to, but it was like, this is the worst spot to camp, but mm-hmm. this is the best spot to camp for maker camp. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like if yes. it, 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 in any other situation, if they put me there, I'd be like, this is bullshit. There's a field right next to it. There's like no trees. There's like a light the one spotlight. over there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Can't fucking sleep. What the hell? But for maker camp, it's like, yeah, we're right here. There's the yeah, saw right. right there. I can hear everything yeah, going on. I mean, people people like fawn over Jimmy's uh, giant band song. We got to just look at it every night, going to sleep, <laughs> just sit back and watch it from the backside. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's so cool. Yeah, what a man, what a sweet spot. Yeah. 
So, so yeah. transitioning into talking about Maker Camp, um, how how did you hear about Maker Camp? Was this past year your first year? And then um, and then what like what did you do? And what was what was your experience? What was like what was the most fun for you? Kind of, a couple things I want to ask you about, but like so first, how did you hear about it? How did you how did you find out about Maker Camp? Oh, how did I find out about Maker Camp? I honestly. I don't know. Um, other than I think I heard people talking about it on Clubhouse. Um, and once I heard people talking about it, I was like, oh, I really, I really want to go. Um, and then I, yeah, I mean, that was my goal then was just to save up and finish projects before going to maker camp. And nice. I, barely saved up enough money and I did not finish my projects, but I still went to make her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you flew up, right? Is that what I saw? Correct. I flew up. So everything, I packed everything in my backpacking backpack because I did backpacking out in Yellowstone whenever I was in high school. Nice. And mm. so I've already had that experience. And so as soon as, I knew I was going to make her camp. I knew I was not paying for a room and that I was going right. to camp. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But this what, year, this yeah. year you're going to head up in an RV. Yes. Yeah. This uh, year I'm going to do an RV. That's sweet. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We've, we've been saying we're going to try Like we have two older brothers. Um, we'll try to get everyone to go there this year and friends and stuff. We'll see. We're, we're hoping to come with like a whole contingent and fill that field up. So <laughs> you have to come, yeah, we're, um, you have to come hang with us. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm trying to, I'm thinking of bringing up my alpacas. So we'll nice. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. You ride that. Yeah, I you, think it's you, really you ride those around. You'll be the coolest person there. <laughs> All I have to do is put a T-Rex costume on and march around with my alpacas. <laughs> yeah. done. Make a lot of friends. And then probably mm -hmm. maybe piss off your alpacas. They're like, who is this? I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did you uh, did you get that T-Rex that costume knowing that the, t that the, uh, the big maker burn was going to happen? Was that planned or had you already had it? Absolutely not. So I did the Maker Collab Challenge last year, and okay. the theme was recreate a movie prop. And so me and my partner built the Jurassic Park gates. Nice. And yeah, and so she wanted me to go through it in a T-Rex costume. So she bought me a T-Rex <laughs> costume. And so I knew that... Because I, I, I'm the type of person that that's like my, that's what I do, as you can tell from my personality. <laughs> yeah. And so I actually wanted to whip this T-Rex costume out in the airport and greet, <laughs> uh, greet my friends in it but my mom told me i would probably be taken out by security and probably never make maker camp i said that's probably a good point <laughs> so yeah i had actually already had my t-rex costume packed and in the um, backpack before i even knew that they were building the t-rex so oh, it, it all panned out perfectly. <laughs> nobody, like, even whenever I pulled out the costume, nobody knew. I First off, nobody even knew it was me. They all thought it was Craig. And <laughs> and nobody nobody was expecting it. Because I kept so it a secret awesome. the whole time. I feel like, for some reason, 
I have this either memory or feeling that I knew you were going to be in it before you were in it. Like, no, we talked. To, I remember talking about it. Did we talk to you about it? I might have talked to you. Yeah, like I might have talked to just the people in the camp camp yeah. circle. <laughs> it might have been camp secret. Oh, nice. I remember yeah. hearing like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bust this out during the the, the burn. Like, <laughs> being yeah, kind yeah. of pumped. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, we had a little little sneak peek. That's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's so funny. Nice. So what what did you like when you were there? What was the highlight? What were the things you really enjoyed doing? Um, things that you're looking forward to next year, I guess. Something like that. Um, hmm. It's really hard to say because all of it was so much fun because I've mm-hmm. interacted with all these people online and then finally getting to put things like – faces the voices and yeah. you know seeing how tall people really were and seeing how short some people really were <laughs> you know it was it was pretty wild um oh man my favorite thing though would probably and i know this is gonna sound terrible because it's nothing maker related um <laughs> but it would probably have to be when we were in the hole in the wall bar that's located on there and there mm-hmm. is some irish lady inside singing cover songs and then these Irish girls started coming out dancing the jig. It was the best thing ever. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> was that that's in the is that downstairs in the main building? Is that where that yeah. was? Or? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't nope. I don't think we made it down there. We didn't I, I think Go ahead. I got I got drug in there somehow because um Oh, the bath. There's bathrooms in there, and oh. somebody was like, "Hey, the, you know, let's let's go into the bar to go to the bathroom." And then while I was in there, I was like, "This place is pumping!" Like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a a crazy mix of like the local campers mm. and and makers and stuff, and yeah, yeah, what yeah. a yeah, what a good time. Yeah, I mean, I think like. For for me, obviously, like building the timber frame with all those guys, that was a, like a highlight of the weekend. But also, similarly to yours, the like the the um, maker happy hour, you know, just like everyone together, hanging mm. out, talking, listening to music, like people mo- mingling from group to group and talking. That was that was like the that kind of epitomized. I feel like the entire weekend. You know, it was just yes. that, like there was this kind of continual like meeting people and talking with people and everyone's like super genuine. And like I was I would talk to someone for a while and then I'd realize who they were like in social media, you know, like I'm like, oh, you're uh-huh. this person, you know, like, oh, OK, because like you see the things they make, but you don't necessarily see their faces all the time. You like put two and two together. That was like that just that community. that was like so much fun. It was awesome. Yeah, it was definitely. um I would have to say, on aside from at the bar, um, getting to meet some of the uh, bigger names that, like, I kind of looked up to, like Jess Crow and Joni. Like, those are two really awesome people that I look up to in the maker world. And so, getting to actually like see them and talk to them and get to know them a little more on a personal basis was really awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was, yeah, there, and that, that was. A- I mean, we'll see how it comes and comes down the line in future years, but it almost is like everybody's on an even playing field mm-hmm. because you don't really know. I mean, you might know some of the people, but then someone else 
who you meet could be a huge person that you just don't know. So I think everyone was just very cool with everyone else. And uh, for me, I I didn't know barely anyone because Dustin is the main maker, obviously. Um, so he would constantly point people out or be like, oh, you were just talking to blah, blah, blah. Like mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like we just having a good time, like having a beer. But like, oh, nice. But it was also nice then to go back, and then after Maker Camp, go and look at everyone's stuff. Like that was yeah. really fun, just to go mm-hmm. through all everyone and, and meeting you and and everyone else in our little tent site, tent camp, and then a bunch of other people, and just going through and getting a little peek in their lives. Like, um, really nice. Yeah. Um, so how do you like your, uh, Duresta ice pick? <laughs> Which one? Cause I also won the sweetheart pick. Did you win oh. it? I did. No I did. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Man, that's, that's what I awesome. said too. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, no. so after, after I did that, um, that live stream and like, I know that you went over and got something. And I know there were a few other people who messaged me that was like, oh, I went right over and picked one up. And like the next day, Jimmy like did the thing on his stories where he was like, thanks so, so much for everyone for like going over and, you know, supporting me and getting ice picks and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I was a part of that. <laughs> that <was> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I like, cool. I heard him talking about it being like, he's going to try to find a source, you know, of like a company that can make him for him. And I was like, no, 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 no. I got to get one now before he's not making them anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually uh, on the fence about even, I haven't even taken the sweetheart pick out of the packaging. Ooh. <laughs> I know. I'm like, really on the fence about it. Like a star Wars action figure. It's worth more. In its, in its I mean, I really feel like a fool, but at the same time, he only made six of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Well, what's the packaging like? It's just the same basic packaging. So yeah, you just... get to, yeah. I mean, you can see through it. You can still see like the actual pick and the everything. But right. yeah, I mean, I'll probably end up opening it because I can't help myself. But that's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's that's a legitimate like desire, right? Because like you said, you have you have the one like you have your tool, right? And then you yeah. have the one that's the like he only made those few, right? And even did a video about it. And and like that's that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, so but the packaging is like it's just clear plastic bag, but it's it's heat sealed, you know, so it's not mm-hmm. like a Ziploc bag. It's like a Right. Yeah. So once you cut it, you cut it. Yeah. So yeah, does it, I look, do have, does it look I do better have up a heat in your sealer, though. a what? Oh you have a <laughs> heat sealer. <laughs> Why is that thing all dinged up? Did they send it to you like that? Yeah, I don't know what it was a piece of junk. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, does it look better on your wall? It's like a wall hanger or will it be uh I mean, but you have you said you got one of his so you can use that and yeah. I don't know if the heart shape's a better uh ice pick style thing to use or not, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I um, it's really funny because the one, the first ice pick that I, the one that I bought, um, it's actually hanging on the same hook as the charcuterie board that I won at Maker Camp from nice. Total Boat. That nice. yeah, so that was pretty cool. What so, was, yeah, I have those two things hanging together. What was your? Uh, what did you make? Did you mean you for the Maker swap? swap? Yeah. No, I did not because. Like I had said, 
I didn't know if I was actually coming to make a camp or not because it was under stipulations that I finished a project, but I, I got to go anyway without finishing the project. So I didn't really prep going up to leading up to maker camp. I was just excited to go. Um, but I had, I was watching a, um, total boat demonstration by Joni, um, where she was doing inlays with the epoxy. And she asked the question. That's I won one of the one of the charcuterie boards from that. Nice. Uh, I have um, my my ice pick is hanging on the same hook as my um, ornament from uh, Chad from Mancrafting from the, the nice. power coating booth. Yeah, so I have that one hanging up, and then the ice pick hanging up right in front of it. So that's actually brilliant. <laughs> Mine's sitting right here beside me. My um <laughs> my ornament. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you can fiddle with it yeah i don't i don't know whether to put it on a christmas tree or nail it up in the shop i, I can't decide <laughs> i would love it would it would be a really cool idea to make like a maker souvenir wall in my shop yeah mm. yeah yeah that's that's what you gotta do you gotta wait until next year and then you know go up to maker camp and then like cut the seal and just put your ice pick like in the pocket of your overalls like in the front pocket and you got your heart shaped one there you know, you and five other people, maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you're not, might be at maker camp. <laughs> you're like, right. That's it. Yeah. Dustin, Dustin, nice. Dustin has the, um, on, on the shop behind the grinders is the art of craftsmanship sign. And he's, you're starting to collect all these things. Yeah. Like the YouTube plaque and a saw our brother made for you. And then a couple other things, something I gave you. So we call it like his uh, cracker barrel, like wall. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, all the knickknack yes. things that you want to have. So have a nice Cracker Barrel wall somewhere as a backdrop. Yes, that's <laughs> they're all getting covered covered by metal dust behind the grinders and wood and wood <laughs> shavings and stuff. It's patina. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Character. Yep. All right, Adrian. So um, we're we're getting cl- closer to the end of the podcast. So we want to um, ask you to to recant to us a disaster story. So whenever we have guests on, we like to have them tell us a disaster story. And when Devin and I started the podcast, we each told our disaster stories about as makers, you always go through this. We all have situations where we were making something and, or doing something and it completely failed. And you just got to like call it quits at one point and start over. Something happens where you got to start over. And we love to have makers tell us those stories because it makes us all remember and feel like we're all part of a group where none of us is perfect. Like we're all doing this, we're all learning and we all have these disasters. So do you have a disaster story for us? I do. I just went through it actually. Um, Fresh. (laughs) So, um, I made this end table for my sister-in-law and my brother and, uh, they actually ordered a pair of them. And the first one, and these, it's like, some abstract geometric thing you know it couldn't just be simple you know (laughs) cut these boards and put them together um and was actually making like a design (laughs) so precision was key here and Mm -hmm. let me tell you precision is not really 100 percent in my hand my desk you know my dictionary (laughs) so i the first one came out great perfect um really loved it and i was like all right well dang, I feel like if these are this easy, then I might just actually make these an item to sell out of my shop, you know? (laughs) So I start the second one. And and these are made out of oak. 
And so if anybody knows, Oak is, I don't know, you know, is at a high price right now. Mm-hmm. And so I am just, uh, so first off, I have to mill my lumber myself because I get rough cut. Right. Um, mm. Rough cut because, like I said, I live on a hard in a hardwood forest. Mm. Right. So, I my first issue was that if I I didn't plane enough boards, so whenever I it came down to cutting the pieces, I would run out, and then I would go and have to plane some more, which wasn't ever an issue except. I wasn't paying enough attention and I would like plane a quarter inch, not, not, not a quarter inch, but like an eighth of an inch. So like some BS number, an eighth of an inch too, too much. So now my boards aren't Mm. flat. Like, you know, they're not, um, same. Yeah. And so then it, then once I got those issues resolved, then it was about cutting these 45 degree miters and Mm. fitting these in like a puzzle. And at first, they all lined up and then you know i walked away for a day come back go to get ready to put them all down and somehow they don't line up again and i ended up eating through a good hundred board foot probably of oak because i was i was being over critical Mm. you know like Mm. you kind of have to remember that and this goes out to everybody handmade (laughs) is not perfection right you know, mm-hmm. you're not a CNC, you're not a laser, you're not cutting these things out precision, with precision by some calculated machine. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all human and we make errors. So I had to stop looking at the millimeter of a crack that was in between some of these. And I said, it's rustic. And that's what you get. <laughs> so, that's rustic. So the, the lesson of the story is only you see your imperfections the most. And, you, and it'll always be your biggest downfall and will hold you back the most. Yeah, that's true. It's super true. Like, <clears throat> I mean, that, you know, people joke about that. Like you said, like, oh, it's rustic, you know, but that's that's true. It's true. Handmade is handmade. You know, there right. are, mm-hmm. that's what, there's character, like all these things, mm-hmm. all these like buzzwords that we use, like handmade or rustic or character, you know, that's, they're yep. used to like cover up the fact that it's not perfect, but that's, that's what it is. I mean, it is because it's there, it is character that shows that it was handmade, that we're human, that we're not robots, you know, that we're not CNC right. machines that like you, like as you're planing, if you're using a hand plane, you hit like a weird piece of grain, like, can you get a chip out? Like that's what happens you know like it's you know the plane's not a perfect tool you're not pushing it through at the exact direct you know perfect angle and perfect speed to cut perfectly every time you're just not you know and so using an organic thing like wood there's going to be little issues and yeah you have to decide how how much or how how okay are you with those little errors and when you can just let some of them go and you know be just part of the character and part of like the history of what you did yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A, a, a timber frame structure is beautiful because you can see the maker's hand in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Exactly. It's it's not it's not just some cookie cutter home or like we've talked about before. Music from the '60s and '70s feels 
there's warmth there and there's mm-hmm. a, a real feeling to it because they couldn't fix every little bit. You were just getting a direct recording of these musicians and, uh, and, and, and the little bits of inconsistencies and the tempo changes and the, and the way things moved around is, is the human feeling that makes them good. That's why they all sounded like shit in the eighties because they all figured out <laughs> how to fix it all. And we're like, no, that's, that's not what we want. We want, we want sixties and seventies rolling stones, not, not eighties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I yeah, I just think, I think there's like you said, there's a warmth to seeing you know the hand in the maker. Actually, it goes mm-hmm. back to what I enjoy as a painter as well. Is you know, I'll, a, a lot of what I do is with if I'm using a brush, you know, I'm not I'm not smoothing out everything super smooth. Or if I'm using a palette knife, there's like texture and there's there's evidence of the hand there. You know, like I want to see. I want to walk up to a painting of mine or somebody else's and see the brush marks and see the, like, you know, where they've scrubbed out something or see yeah. where they scratched mm-hmm. something out because that is the history there. There you can mm-hmm. relate, right? Cause it's no longer just an image. It's something that someone made. You can mm-hmm. see that history. You can see the, the character that was put in there and the hand of that maker. And then you can put yourself in their spot and be like, Oh, I was, I had those same struggles. I do that same thing. I scratch, you know, when I need to like, take off a little bit of thing or I need to scratch back through to some white paint. I'll scratch with the tip of my palette knife, you know? So there's <laughs> like, then you become, it becomes, you're a part of what happened, right? You can relate to it rather than just looking at something and being impressed by how well it's done. You can right. look at it and say, this is done really well. And I, I know how it was done and I can put myself in those shoes. And I think that's, that's important in all creating is that there is that, that like feeling of, you can you can relate to it you know that relatability is what keeps people engaged in what we do as makers mm-hmm. and at what we do as content creators and the the reason why we leave in those little errors and the little like funny things in our videos is because that like being able to relate and feel like you're part of what's going on and you can you can put yourself in those shoes i think that's really important yeah did did uh adrian did your brother still love the did you finish him I actually just finished the second one today, Ooh, um, right. just right before, yeah, just right before uh, coming on here. Um, so nice. they have seen them and they do like them, and I will be delivering them shortly. Yeah, okay, nice. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Hundred board feet later, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Mm. All right. Well, um, we, you know, try to recommend recommend some people at the end of the podcast. So, uh, Adrian, you have some people or things or something to recommend? I, uh, I do. So a maker that I do want to recommend would be Adam C. Um, and he is Adam C on Instagram as well, but it's C with a lot of E's at the end. Um, and you might know him because he does a lot of maker portraits. Um, yeah, yeah. He does a lot of the sketches and stuff. He did the sketch of um, Aaron, and I know he's done another sketch of another maker uh, that has passed okay. away too. Yeah, that's Adam. He yeah. has a lot of really good talent and really good skill. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're ever looking for somebody to draw you stuff, he is the perfect person to hit up. Yeah, he does some really awesome work. It's funny, I 
not until just now did I put two and two together that he did the portrait of Aaron. That makes obviously makes a ton of sense. But for some reason, I mm -hmm. didn't like I didn't put those together in my head. But yeah, that's great. Yeah, and he has some cool videos of himself working, like showing his process. Yep. Again, going back to the process, super cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he is a really right. cool, and he's really cool to talk to in person too. Oh, right on. Yeah, I um, mm -hmm. I he he was at Maker Camp, right? He was yep. there. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I. I didn't know of him beforehand, but I kind of talked to him briefly, like just kind of in passing it, uh, maybe even like two or three times. I feel like he was like around the same circles, but was, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so for my recommendation, um, there's a, uh, a YouTuber and Instagrammer. His, um, his handle is dreamcraft underscore bows on um, Instagram. And then he's dreamcraft bows on YouTube. So he's a bow maker and, um, He's been he ha he's a young bow maker and he hasn't been doing that, that all that long but I think he's like made 50 or so bows and he just Ooh. put out a yeah he just put out an ebook um on you know just kind of his craft and you know getting people into the introduction of um of bow making so um he actually sent me a message and was like talking about his book and how he just put it out and he asked me if I would check it out for him and stuff and pretty cool so he's a it makes some really beautiful bows out of all sorts of different types of wood. I think he just posted a video of making a bow out of like a hundred year old fence post, you know, so I'm nice. like, I don't know exactly what it was, but you know, something, you know, the, all those old fence posts are made out of like real stringy, you know, long lasting wood. So, um, check him out on Instagram, uh, dreamcraft underscore bows or head over to his YouTube channel, uh, dreamcraft bows on YouTube. He's on Poland, that, Polish maker. That's a good, uh, that's a good YouTube title. Yeah, dream. You, you gotta, you gotta make something out of something old, Dustin. We'll... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta work on that one. <laughs> um, I'm gonna keep the tradition alive of uh, suggesting things that, uh, or channels that don't need any help from us. Um, <laughs> a, a YouTuber, Colin Furtz, he's digging a tunnel from his, <laughs> from his shed to his house, and from his house to his other underground like. Uh, man cave or whatever you want to call it in his backyard in England. He's got, you know, millions of subscribers, obviously. But he just put out part seven where he digs into his house. Oh, nice. And, un and, and he gets under there and under his foundation. And, like, I don't know how people aren't stopping him, like some type of, <laughs> like, homeowners association, and especially in England. You'd think they're a little bit tighter with, like, what you can do with your private property. But it's awesome. And, uh, Part seven is out, and he digs up into his kitchen cabinet yes. and connects that. Nice. So it's, it's really that's like a childhood dream. Just what if I had a tunnel from here to here? Like, oh, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> so it's, it's actually really funny because uh, about two years ago, somebody broke into a bank in the old town that I lived in by dig by putting a hole through the wall of the abandoned apartment on the other side of the bank. Ooh. Really? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good old, old fashioned. Like, yeah. Right. Old that's fashioned like straight thievery. Out yeah. 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 So right. when you guys are talking about this tunnel, that's all I'm picturing. <laughs> okay. When am I hearing about him digging a tunnel to a bank? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I've been, yeah. He's been going to his house, quote unquote, all along. He's just uh -huh. going to the sure. neighbor's house. <laughs> 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 this is the way I'm direct the direction I'm digging. Right, this is <laughs> east, right? He <laughs> came up at the wrong spot like, oh no. There's gold raining down on me. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, Adrian, uh, tell the listeners where they can find you um, so that way they can go and give you some love and follow and see all the awesome stuff you're putting out. Uh, well, I mean, you can pretty much catch me on all the social media fun stuff. I'm on TikTok, Facebook. Uh, I'm even on Etsy. And I do have a webpage, hickoryhomesteadcreations.com. Nice. So, and I usually try to blog on there about farmy stuff. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, oh, before we finish, I want to ask you real quick. So, I'm not sure how long this this will take, but um, the <laughs> Maker's Stoop. Um, yeah. Is that your thing, or is that you <laughs> in combination with some other people? What's tell us about the Maker's Stoop? Yeah. So the Maker's Stoop, uh, I started it a little over just about a year ago. Um, because of COVID, it was really kind of a thing for us makers to kind of get together um, and socialize. And so um, I, I work with a team. Um, the other members of my team are Paul from 1116 Woodworks, um, Sam from Heirloom, and uh, Eric from No Bad Tides, and Scott from Dad It Yourself. And we get together every Saturday evening at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Zoom. Um, And all makers are welcome. Uh, We just ask that you respect everybody, uh, give everybody their equal time to talk or introduce themselves or whatever, and um, just don't talk about religion or politics. And that's (laughs) pretty much it. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. And then you, yeah. you, just, you just do that. You're not recording it. It's just a, a way for people to get together. Right. Um, I do not record it because uh, it's kind of our, like our after hours hangout spot. You know, people get to do whatever they want without worrying about if it's going to go up on the internet somewhere. Um, yes. Now we do have our little spinoff, uh, the This Week in Maker News that we put out every Sunday. And that is, I'm going to go to a podcast format as well. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's yes. great. Right on. That's this week in Maker News. Yeah, I've seen that. That's that's uh, that's really cool. It's really nice seeing just those, like, updates and, you know, talking about what's coming up and who's got what out there and, you know, whose birthday it is, things like that. It's fun. It's really good. Yeah, um, I kind of made that out of necessity because I'm one of those people that I don't really have the time to be searching through everybody's stuff, even though now I am searching through everybody's stuff so I can <laughs> serve it to everybody else. Um, but, and I mean, so I wanted to kind of be that portal that I wish I would have had, you know, nice. so because yeah. if I'm already going through it, I might as well share it in a way that I can feed it to everybody in one post. That's cool. How do How mm-hmm. do people find the link to the Zoom to hang out or is it, is um, it so the only? the lo- um no it's not by invite only uh the login information is available in the bio of the maker's stoop instagram page and um and that's at the maker's stoop and um so yeah the the uh room number and the uh, password is all right there in the bio. And then it never changes from week to week. So once you have that login information, save it. Nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. And because that's one of those <laughs> things like we do, we do like Instagram lives and stuff. But then that's like that's one person. Everyone else is just kind of watching and commenting, which is cool. Like I love the informality of, of live streams and things. It's really nice to be able to chat with people. But there's something different, um, like a little bit more 
uh, like a little bit more informal and, um, you know, special, I guess about like a zoom room. So, you know, having yeah. been able to invite people in and just hang out and talk and stuff. That's, that's pretty cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We really like it. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, if you guys want to follow Devin and I, you can follow both of us on Instagram. Um, you can follow me at the art of craftsmanship and Devin, uh, at the art of camera guy. And, um, we would always love and appreciate everyone heading over to YouTube, checking out our videos there. If you haven't already followed us or subscribed, um, check out what we have. We're putting out the, uh, the toy box video will be coming out soon. And then we also have a new tour video, um, coming out soon as well. We shot that. So that should be up soon. Um, you know, showing, showing the difference between the shop two and a half years ago when I did my last tour and then, you know, just, uh, last week when we did the last one. So mm-hmm. you can check that out there. And then, uh, you know, all the support, um, any support is really, really special to us. So if you're like sharing this or telling your friends about it or giving us, um, you know, reviews on any of the pot, uh, the podcasting platforms, it really makes a difference. And then, you know, if you want to support us even further, you can over head over to patreon.com and support us there. That's patreon.com slash the art of craftsmanship. So, um, I will be sending out, uh, sticker packs as well as something i'm gonna make something i still haven't figured what it is yet but we're gonna make something for all of our patrons and send it out because you know it's time to give them back a little bit just something else so i've been i've been feeling the itch to make something for the patrons so that'll be coming up soon so yeah that's it all right adrian thank you so much this has been a blast super fun to talk yes, to you thank you absolutely this has been a lot of fun yes nice. Devin, always a pleasure all right and for everyone else to listen we will talk to you all next time Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.